Do you want to introduce the what you're going to read or talk about it at all? Or do you sure. Do it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this piece was written after a long period of depression and I was just starting to like pop my head out and be like, oh, I'm a new thing. What's up? <laughs> and um, and that was the beginning of sort of reconnecting with my intuition and my creative juices. Um, so this was sort of just something channeled from that period of time where I was really questioning whether or not I was living into my purpose, living fully into my purpose and not knowing what that purpose is, but just knowing that I'm not fully living into it and wanting to. Okay. It's called I Wish I Had. Something has awakened like a switch that's been flipped. This idea, this feeling, it's risen and it's bacon. For the first time in my life, it can no longer be forsaken. Because now I understand, I'm glad, that on my deathbed, I want to feel clad and satiety. Not I wish I had. I wish I had. I wish I had let my inner genius out to stand on a stage as big as one can contain me. Then bam, explosion, I knock him out. Then waves and waves and waves, transformation fallout. I wish I had stood for something big. I wish I had given every drop of me that there is to give, to stretch and to squish, to morph and to dig and to dig and to dig, to swig and to pig, to zig and to jig until all that there's left of me is a twig. I wish I had lived in Bali, Somali, Bengali, a real Biali, authentic Tamali, to move in the world on my own terms, to savor the bounty and lush. Climb, climb, climb the mountains, Nepali, reconnect with nature, my bosom and my blossoms. That's the ultimate royal flush. I wish I had made and created and created and created, even if most of it was sod and shit, because Mozart composed over 600 works of art you see. He got saturated. The perfectionist in me wants perfection, but quantity over quality is where genius and truth get consummated, get activated. But what is my skill, my calling, my craft? I'm wandering, yearning, searching. Sometimes I feel like I'm bobbing, clinging to a life raft. But those moments... Those moments when I'm floating and flowing and glowing and showing, that's when it's just pure witchcraft. So I must keep rowing. I want to find my truth, see my truth, be my truth, spread my truth, because then I will have tried and vied and thrived, not just lived and wished and then died. Yay! Yay! <laughs> cool. I'm Kaori. I'm Christina. I'm Donna. Welcome to Dispatches from Mount Kaz, conversations from a creative community. In this episode, Christina talks with resident artists Donna and Kaori about the process and challenges of making art for healing trauma. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> um, I'm Kaori. I came to Mount Cass actually because Donna, who's sitting next to me, um, introduced me to Christina and Albert. And yeah, it's been an extension of a creative community that I've been really craving. So I'm really grateful mm. to be here. Mm. Um, hi, I'm Donna. And I am at Mount Cass one to visit Christina because Yay. it's been so long and I've only seen it virtually through the computer. Um, and just really excited, mainly, I think, to see what it means to, um, I was telling Carrie yesterday, like, live with simple abundance, which I very feel so viscerally here, and, and to see the community that you all have created, which is very inspiring for me. Yeah. Cool. And how's the experience been so far? Process, it's all processing, but mm. it's, it's really, I can feel my nervous system calm down a lot. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, it's really opening my eyes to a new way of being, which I appreciate so much because I think we get so used to like living a certain way, and then when you actually see alternatives to that, you're like, oh, there's possibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Same for me. I feel like um, I only get this sense when I'm back at home with my family. Mm. So it's really interesting to kind of like have the same feeling, but not with my family around, and. Yes, this is a vacation from my 
everyday work life. But I'm still, yeah, I'm, tra- I'm processing and trying to understand like how I can include this more into my life right now. Yeah. So, yeah what do you mean by sense? Like, what is this? <laughs> it's like, yeah, I like guess a sense of family, um, you know? Even though I, I literally just met you and Albert, but it's like, we're making food together. We're watching movies about food together. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly about the food, I guess. <laughs> underestimate exactly no no yeah i mean on top of that it's like the conversations and our ability to just like ping and like build off of one another has been really lovely and the sense of like relaxation that i have when i go home it's like i can sleep Mm. like like i'm like really restful here Mm. and i've never been here before so that's kind of interesting for me that's so cool to hear Yeah. yeah 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 And what what art are y'all working on? What projects are you working on? Uh, yeah, I'm working on a series of um, illustration slash um, paintings, um, all about my family and the in the what do you call it the intertwined trauma that we have because the the trauma that I'm currently working through is very much um, it very much involves my family members so. Yeah, it's like complicated and that the sharing process is hard for me because I feel like I'm mm, potentially sharing things that they don't want me to mm-hmm. because it involves them. But also like I, I also need a way to process it. So right now I'm doing that through painting and illustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I obviously perform and then... Uh, also do like brush pen drawings but more recently have been grappling with what it means to have brush pen or illustration in my life mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and my time here my intention was actually to sort of intuitively see what would unravel and originally I thought oh well you know I could prepare another performance but I'm thinking that actually the brush pen is calling for me to mm-hmm. do something and just step away from art for trauma <laughs> and actually just uh, play a little my performance pretty much from day one was about helping process personal experiences and more more specifically instances of trauma so um i think what carrie and i also came here today was this theme of oh what came about cas was this theme of like using art to help process trauma so how how does art help you process trauma yeah why do, why do you gravitate towards it or why this modality or why Mm. Why art? <laughs> Why art versus well, <laughs> versus like therapy? <laughs> um, it's sort of interesting because I think for myself, like I, I came from um, theater, like like formal theater acting mm. and things like that, and that that was fulfilling for me in a certain way for sure. Uh, but when I came across solo performance, it was just like this whole other added level of like. I'm telling my own story and there's something like extremely vulnerable but extremely powerful about it and then after each performance I realized it actually helped me transmute that energy so like one of my anger performances there was a lot of anger and I think to a certain degree the performance it wasn't even like preparing the performance it was actually doing the performance and literally sharing it with the audience that Mm. literally moved a lot of that energy through me so it's, it's, I don't know, it's a little mysterious. Uh, like, for me, at least, it feels like an impulse. Like, I can't help but do this and share it. It needs to be done in that order. Um, like, it needs witnesses or something. It needs, I, at least for me, it definitely yeah. needs witnesses. And I think because I'm, I, when I'm creating this, I know it's a universal experience. I know, like, we all share, like, anger and grief and longing and a desire for sensuality, you know, especially as, like, female-identifying people. And... And there's this sense of we all sort of in this current society don't have space to express that. So I think by me expressing it, others also vicariously through that can experience and perhaps open some space within themselves to experience that and process it as well. Um, so I don't know. It's sort of interesting. It's like, almost like I don't I don't know why I do it or how it happens within me, but it does. It magic juju happens. <laughs> I want to answer this question, but I also want to get back to your witness thing that you were talking about, like needing to have a witness oh, yeah. as a part of your process, because that's something I struggle with, mm. as you know, because I the sharing part is really hard for mm-hmm. me. Um, 
but your question was oh yes yeah so what is your process I think for me so I'm Buddhist and I have a I've been practicing really practicing Buddhism since I was about 19 and I feel like the creative process is sort of an extension it's like an extension a meditative extension outside of me chanting Mm -hmm. so like when I'm chanting, you know, I have a very, it's very specific, but it allows me to sort of be in line with myself and the universe. And when I get out into like the quote unquote real world, it gets really hard for me. Like everyday life sort of like halts my, mm-hmm. <laughs> my groundedness or whatever it is, that energy. Um, and I become frazzled and all these things. But then I notice that in the creative process, it's it's very similar. Mm. It's but a different experience. Mm. So often, normally because I chant morning and evening, like I start my day with it, and then the creative process kind of happens in between or whatever, or maybe really late at night after I've done my evening chanting. It's been a really nice sort of like adjacent practice to that mm. because I know that I need to chant and that it feeds me and grounds me and allows me to be in touch with myself. But then the creative process is a little bit of it coming out. Like chanting is very inward and then the creative process is letting, mm. it, letting it out. Um, so, yeah, it's like they're they're like... They feed each other, and it's really like a, been a great practice for me to have both. Yeah. And it sounds very solo practice. Yeah, right yeah. now it is. I think there are moments where I'm really creative with other people. For example, like music is a really mm. creative practice that I love to do with others. And then I think because of the work that I do right now is so um, collaborative, sometimes mm-hmm. I just... I just need things for myself because mostly, you know, nine to five, it's me with other people, mm-hmm. ideating, whatever, like collaborating and stuff. So um, it feels nice to have my own thing yeah. <laughs> after that. Yeah. Um, so I've my I've been receiving coaching for, uh, from my, my friend Madrian, who's a coach, and um, she asked me to map out my process, mm. like like my life's process. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, Jesus. And, <laughs> and she was like, forget about the D school, like forget about work and the, like the frameworks that you've learned professionally and otherwise, like just write down your own process. Yes. And so it became this like hexagonal thing where I'm like pinging between the like corners, you know, and there's sort of a last stage to that, which was. Like, I named all of them. Mm-hmm. I named all of them. They all had, like, analogies and metaphors that mm-hmm. were, like, you know, pretty crispy clear. And there was this, like, last thing that I didn't name. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but it's, like, a clearing. And there are, like, other people involved in this mm-hmm. part and da-da-da. And she was like, oh, I think that's called celebration. Like, mm-hmm. that's where you're, like, sharing it with people mm-hmm. and they're giving you f- feedback and celebrating what you've done. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, I don't know about that. And she's like, no, I think that's like, that's the part you need to flex the most uh-huh. because you're so comfortable in these uh-huh. other places in your uh-huh. process. Um, so yeah, she's also kind of pushing me to practice that. Um, why is it scary, or why? What's the hesitation around it? Like, it's been such a private thing mm. for so long. And I think because, you know, the subject matter is often really personal and it involves other people. It's like, I it, I have a really hard time, like, sharing, like, half pieces of information. Mm, mm-hmm. But she's like, you don't need to share your whole life story mm-hmm. for it to be impactful, you know? Like, you can just share it and have... Like, you just... We just did this last, like, two nights ago where you were just telling me how you are feeling when you were looking at my piece and... Like, it can just be that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I think I need to let go of certain expectations of what it looks like to share and, um, yeah, what what people want from me. Hmm. But at the fact that people want anything from me is an expectation, I think, that I hold on to. So, just sharing freely is what I want to be able to do. Yeah. 
But so I think it's really, that's why I think the witness thing is really interesting because that's like so a part of your process. Like I couldn't even name that for myself that I like, I might need that. But for you, it's like explicit as a part of your performances and like your art in general. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is actually, you did name that. In one of our first times that we hung out and that at the dumpling place, you we were, like, <laughs> we were like, I want to perform in front of people. And oh. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, that was like over a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think you, you always knew. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess what I'm curious for you then is like, because I, I hear a desire, right, for audience. And what what do you feel like? Uh, that will what that provides you with like really baseline is like validation I guess you know whether like people think it's good or not or whatever the fact that I'm I'm engaging in this practice like it would it would be great just for someone to be like that's awesome. I don't, un- it could be like, I don't understand what you're doing, but the fact that you're doing it is really great. Mm. And then I can see that it's like doing something for you. Mm. Um, so yeah, validation for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the community aspect of it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like if there is something that sparks something in someone else, as you're saying, um, or shifts, the way they're thinking in some way and it, it creates greater dialogue mm-hmm. I think that's really impactful yeah, yeah. that's so interesting because what you said earlier was also that um, oh, what did you say it was like uh, oh like if others want something from you then there's an automatic expectation and so that's sort of like the flip side to having an audience right for you mm-hmm. um, and I think that's something that probably most performers and uh, actors struggle with because like the, the thing with the interesting thing about humans like when you see someone on stage you know whether or not they're bullshitting you it's like instinctive mm. right mm-hmm. um, and the difference within the performer is how aware they are of the audience and th- this is something that like Martha my amazing solo performance workshop teacher like constantly reminds us of not not explicitly like don't be aware of the audience but um, in that like the more you focus on your story instead of trying to like make it about others or make it for others the more potent it is actually for someone else because like oftentimes i'm like oh well my you know my story of like longing or anger is like very specific to these like very specific details but she's always like no no you need to make it the more you make it about you and those specific details it actually brings up more specific resonance in others even if those details don't match up so it's this interesting it is this interesting thing i think with art where even if it's made for an audience, the more that you sink into your own story and like speak from your own truth, the more it it really creates resonance in others. And that's another part of where it's like, I don't know, it's like, I guess I don't really think about process that often. <laughs> Cause I'm like, this is all just magic juju. Like <laughs> this is all just really phenomenal how it works that way. Um, because, cause like, for myself, when I'm preparing a performance, I think it, there is something interesting about my personality or how I'm built, where, um, like, people ask, like, do you consider yourself a writer? Because obviously for all my performances, mm-hmm. I sit down and, like, write something. But if there's not going to be an audience, I it doesn't come out of me. It literally, mm-hmm. like, for some reason, I just, like, it's just like a constipative block. Um, mm. But when I know there's an audience, it just comes out for me. But it's not even that I'm writing for the audience. It's this weird, I don't know, it's this weird state where I am. My intention is to share it with others, but what I'm writing is for me. And mm. I know it's, it's an interesting state to balance. Um, but the point I was trying to make is what? That You get it? You get it? <laughs> no, I don't have I, it. I was going to say that. Like the word witness keeps coming back to me because like the to be seen to like be seen is like one of the reasons we like put anything out in the world mm-hmm. or make art or just communicate with people. Yeah. And to be seen it sort of makes sense what you're talking about in terms of like the performer. Like if you're going deeper into yourself and and showing your own story, that is like that gives the audience more to see. Right? Versus if you're in this um 
dual state of like being aware of the audience and like not really sinking into yourself like there's there's a barrier there um and Kauri what you were saying about like that expectation or the that what was really really nice about that really specific goal of like just someone seeing your process and being like cool (laughs) like awesome (laughs) like that makes it so that just feels so doable right like mm-hmm. and it's being creative about like what are the different ways you can share that isn't that's about like sharing with people you trust to be able to like validate yeah right? yeah um and maybe part of like and sometimes I feel myself doing that where like I'm shrinking back from sharing and I stop sharing things and I think part of that is like not knowing how mm. you know like pulling back to be protective of the stuff I want to share because like the the hows we get examples of are like share with everyone <laughs> like, share on social media or like perform yeah. in front of like strangers or, but there's like other ways to share like you sh- showed Donna your drawing and got like a little feedback you know or like and it felt so good and it was yeah <laughs> so like what are those other ways that we don't really celebrate in our culture maybe or we just don't see examples of there's something uh, I need, I need to talk to this Martha person. Because you keep talking, talking about her. But, like, go, uh, going back to what she said about... It's like this combination of what I said about expectations mm-hmm. and then what Martha said. I think, for me, I have this expectation that art has to, like... Like, the, the art has to align with people mm-hmm. for it to be impactful. Um, but what Martha is really talking about for things to resonate, actually like dissonance can actually really resonate with people. Like it doesn't have to be perfectly aligned for it to be like, Oh yes, me too, me too, me too, me too. It's like, Oh, actually I don't know what you're talking about, but like that makes me want to investigate it a little bit more. Like hopefully people have the curiosity and the appetite to be able to do that. But that's like a totally different, it's a, it's a mindset shift Mm. for me. To be able to, like, it, in one, in certain ways, like, I, I feel like I live that. Like, I'm, like, I'm very happy to be, like, a queer person in the world, kind of feeling a little bit left out in certain ways. But, like, my art feels so, like, I feel really protective of it. And I want people to be, like, really me too, me too about it. But there can be a way in which they don't know what I'm talking about that also sparks something, too. So I think, like... That helps me want to share more mm-hmm. to think about nice. it that way. Oh yes, and that <laughs> um, um, because I think the other point that Martha um, sort of uh, inexplicitly gets at is from her, especially like she's helped produce hundreds of like people's vulnerable stories at this point, and and I can only imagine from her perspective. I think it's also like within the if you take away it goes back to like if you take away the specific circumstances of how this happened or what happened the core like everyone has like something that they can relate to at the at the core of that experience mm-hmm. the emotion of it at least um and i think that's also like another layer of that like the more specific you get the more it pings a specific instance in someone else's experience where like the the details are totally different but somehow reminds you of like a very specific Mm. instance in you that create the same feeling and that's like deep resonance yeah Mm. i love the word resonance like the metaphor the image in my head is like instruments Mm. like harmonizing yeah that's what i thought of dissonance too because it's like i love dissonant music yeah but also resonance too is really wonderful yeah i think there's also something interesting about that because like it's almost like to segregate, you know, to not everyone is going to resonate with what you're creating, but knowing that putting out there and someone is going to, and those are the people who it's meant to impact, that's also sort of like a nice feeling or expectation to set around. I was, I was thinking that when you did your performance at um, yeah. Arts Alive in town, and it was mostly people you didn't know, um, but I was there, <laughs> and I hadn't heard this piece live mm-hmm. before, um, and I it, I felt it like I felt the resonance, and it like definitely moved something in me. And I was thinking about it afterwards, where it's like that question of like, did everyone feel this? Did everyone feel something? And definitely, I like definitely like saw people next to me. Like Cameron was like nodding furiously <laughs> the whole time. But like um, whether that's true or not, like 
what I was thinking after your performance was like, there's a there's probably a segment of the audience where it did really resonate, and it needed to, right? Yeah. Regardless of if it was everyone, um, it was really powerful for the people who needed to hear whatever message that was, right? Um, and that idea of like not everyone is your audience, and that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think what's so interesting about that is because like I got there basically three uh, three and a half hours before mm-hmm. I was meant to go on stage and, and they basically sat in, <laughs> right in front of the stage. So I was seeing people like what the audience was like. Um, and yeah, it's just, it, it, again, it's this interesting thing where it's like I was sort of like, oh, which piece should I perform for this audience? Because I was getting a feel for like who's trickling in and out. Um, and again, it was, this, it was this interesting feeling where it's like I was tapped tapping more into my intuition in terms of mm. what felt good to perform as a way to figure out what was best to perform for this on. I don't know. It's this weird, like it's tr- to your point, it's like this in out, in mm. out, like, mm. and they really feed each other. Um, and that's why like last minute I was like, Christine, can you please print this out? Oh my God. Cause like, <laughs> this is the one I actually want to perform. And if, and it totally felt right. Like mm. in the moment when I stood on stage, I was like, this is good. Yeah. Um, I, I chose the right piece um, ultimately to perform and um, yeah I don't know it's yeah going back to witnessing but but with witnessing it actually makes me think of your question Christina that you, mm-hmm. you had written down earlier which is like what are the risks what are the risks and almost like what comes comes to mind for me is like boundaries like mm-hmm. what are the boundaries of what would feel safe for you for example Kauri in mm-hmm. terms of like sharing at different stages I don't mind sharing like half made things with the goal of finishing it and sharing the finished product. I think right now what I'm working on, my trepidation is around the subject matter. Mm-hmm. And again, like the people involved, like this is, it's like trauma from, you know, some time ago and like my family's still processing it. But we're all still processing it and we're in very very different parts of our journeys and so like the piece I'm working on right now is kind of it all started actually because I was really frustrated with one particular person in my family and how far they've come or not come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like wanting more from that person Yeah. but then now it's like totally it turned into this piece about like humanizing that person mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which I wasn't doing um, when I was super frustrated with them so like it's it's like I had an idea so many ideas for what this was going to be and then as I was making it I was like oh my god like my hand was just like doing its thing I'm like oh it's like turning into this other thing <laughs> but I guess this is where I'm at right now you know like it felt really like out of body for like most of the time that I was making it um, and like, because because it has to do with, like, very specific people in my life and very specific events in my life, the sharing part gets really, like, I don't know how to share it. Mm-hmm. Like, if I were to put it on social media, what would the stupid Instagram caption be, you know? Or, like, the hashtags. <laughs> Hashtag trauma, you know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know how, I, how to share yeah. something like this. Um... Whereas, like, music is, music is meant to, almost, like, meant to be shared in my mind. Um, like, because you interpret it in whatever way you want. You just listen to it, and it is or is not for you, you know? Um, and for some reason, I feel the need to, like, explain the art that I'm making right mm-hmm. now. Whereas with music, it's just like, here, here you go. <laughs> what do you think? Is it cool? Not cool? Great. Um... Yeah, so I have very I have very different expectations for different things that I'm making, mm. and so sharing this is, is particularly hard because of that. High is it expectation. O- is it okay not to know at this point how you're going to share it because you're like not at the point where it's shareable yet? Yeah, I'm okay with not knowing how to share it to a wider audience. Mm. I think I do want to really practice that. Um, I feel very comfortable, for example, sharing it with you two. And then, like, maybe my sister Mm -hmm. and a couple other people. Um, Yeah, that feels good. But with, with, like, strangers or just, yeah, 
even like people who follow me on Instagram or something mm. like that feels a little like, <sighs> yeah. is there an impulse? Is there, is there something that feels like you want to share it? Mm-hmm. You do? Okay. Yeah. 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 I just like, I don't know what the story is around that, you know, mm. For the... why, do you, what's the why of like, why you do want to share it? Oh, um, I don't share, like, I'm not very active on social media. Mm-hmm. I'm very, the people that I stay connected with, I stay connected with either face-to-face right. or whatever, you know, calls and texts and stuff. Um, the impetus for wanting to share it on social media is, like, it's, it's kind of just like, hey... Like, I'm alive. <laughs> um, here's how I'm, like, spending my time. Mm-hmm. And, like, uh, that, like, I'm spending it intentionally to do things like this mm-hmm. that me- are meaningful. And, like, hopefully you are too. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. I, I want Part of it is to just share, like, where I'm at in mm-hmm. life. And then also maybe to allow others that space or like to mm. think that they're capable of doing that too right. um yeah cause this is like not clearly like not my full time job or anything like that but hopefully it will spark something in others too to to make or to use a process that helps them heal we all have trauma mm-hmm. in certain to certain degrees yeah. yeah it's almost like sharing the process mm. more than the the content itself. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 That feels more meaningful to me actually. Mm. Yeah. Cause both what you were saying, what you and what Donna was saying about like your intuition of like, what was the right thing to perform? Mm. And then you're talking about like in writing the story, it, it changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that happened to me too. Like I sometimes start my comics or my essays and I'm like, have it's mostly because I have like a question that I'm grappling with and then in the writing in the making of it I get to a new place in myself and like that's that's the magic (laughs) like right that's the like Mm -hmm. that's the part that I don't know I don't want to say that that's parts that that's the part that matters but that's the, the process of it is is to your original question of like how does art process trauma it's like in the make in the engaging with it in the making of it right and um so yeah there's a question in my head around like maybe it's maybe the powerful stuff is just seeing that anyone is doing it mm. and seeing how that shift happens mm-hmm. and then you can like you were saying Kauri, like it's like encouraging people to like make space to do it in their own yeah. lives, right? Yeah, I think it's like it feels more doable mm-hmm. than me being like, so chanting, if you try that, maybe it'll help you process you know what I mean? Like <laughs> as much as I do believe that it's like can be a powerful practice, um cre- like using your own innate creativity to help face whatever it is that's mm-hmm. really difficult for you can be really powerful too. So it's that, that's that's what chanting does for me. It helps mm. me have the courage to face the things that I, w- I don't want to, but then the creative process also helps me do that at the same time, but in a different way. Yeah. That feels so intertwined yeah. when you talk about it. Yeah. Like when you share, it's almost like you can't share one without sharing the other. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Mm. I yeah. really can't. Um, because, yeah, I mean, my Buddhist practice is like the core of like my own philosophy, I mm-hmm. guess. Are, and the creative process is my own too, you know. Yeah. And as you're like you you're talking about like it's in the making mm-hmm. that that happens. It's the same in chanting. It's like in the chant in the chanting, you can come to in front of your altar and feel some type of way. And then at the end of your chanting, you're like, wow, oh my god, like I have so much like appreciation or whatever it mm-hmm. is. Um, this other transformed mm-hmm. um, feeling afterwards so I feel like that's how I feel when I paint or make I like the question of boundaries though of like what are the boundaries that you would put and as you know part of the design process when you give something for feedback you have very specific you set the expectations of like this is where I am in the process and this is that type of feedback I want you know Mm -hmm. like that's a practice that we have as designers yeah Um, and maybe we need to do that when we share our art as well especially around 
around vulnerable subjects or trauma, right? Like, this is the kind of feedback. Oh, actually, that doesn't make me. I follow this cartoonist um, who is dealing with mental health issues, and um, she's being very honest on her Patreon, which is like a closed community because, well, anyway, she's sharing her process on her Patreon of like the, her struggles with her mental health, but she's very explicitly at the end of the post being like comments are not helpful especially like advice around the choices i'm making so like just please refrain from commenting and she just can put that out there um because there's no way to turn off comments yep <laughs> on patreon um so that's an example of like boundary setting and then along those lines i think it's uh, like what you just said reminds me of um it's like you can't control the actions of others as mm-hmm. we all try to know <laughs> and um and actually martha like literally preps us yeah. on the very last class for this she's like you may get people who just like walk up to you after your performance and think that they can just talk to you like she was saying how she once did a entire performance about breastfeeding and then she had a man come up to her and was like actually <laughs> um and, and her point was like with these you can you can basically be like appreciate it but no thank you like i am not accepting feedback or comments at this time um and then basically just walk away like you have that agency that full agency to protect your emotional space especially after performance and she even says like you know even with friends who are like i loved it but what about this one thing like they mean well but you know like you can like it is within your wheelhouse and power to communicate like hey after after this performance is about celebration and just like holding space for like what was shared and that's it and you know you can give me feedback next week so um yeah i mean she was the first time where she like gave us the agency to be like you can totally put that out there and set that and literally walk away if it doesn't serve you (laughs) and i was like yes good practice good practice absolutely i have a question so it, it's it's a little bit related to the one that I wrote, which is how do you deal with twists and turns in the healing journey? So m- most of the time, my healing journey is like kind of on an upward trajectory, but they're all, of course, these like really downward spirals that you I go through. Um, how do you deal with those? Do you do you even go through those in in your journey? Of- no, we're perfect humans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't want to assume that you go through them. Okay. <laughs> Do you and how do you deal with that? Those moments. Is that where creativity comes in? Is that where another thing comes in? Hmm. That's an interesting. It's an interesting process, like reflection question. Yeah. Because I think sometimes those downs. Well, I always think of it like um, not even climbing a mountain. You're just like walking in circles around the mountain. <laughs> You see the same view over and over again, but you just have different reactions to it. And, like, progress is just like, oh, I can have a different, I have a different, uh, a different appreciation or response or something. I love that, yeah. uh, To the same view that I've seen over and over again. (laughs) Um, But, there, I'm reflecting on, I like that question of where does creativity come in during those downward times? And oftentimes, it's like, those are the hardest part. Those are the the times when creativity is harder to access for me. And, like, what I actually need during those times is just more compassion and more, like, trust or faith that, like, it's okay if you just step away from the creative stuff for a bit um, and trust that it will come back. Like, Mm -hmm. when it's time again, you can come back to that. Um... And it's interesting, too, I think, like, whether you end up sharing the stuff you're working on now, I feel like the stories we're trying to tell, they sort of, they also loop. (laughs) You know, you end up telling the same story in different ways. Um, And, like, it's interesting to see, like, drafts of stuff that, like, maybe, like, I created this first draft thinking it would be, like, like feeling really confident about it and figure, having figured it out and then it just like doesn't cohere and then you have to like live life for a little bit more yeah. <laughs> before you like come back and like it's interesting because I didn't even like sometimes I have a draft 
and then it doesn't work and then it goes away and then like years later I'm like more ready to tell that story but I just like start from scratch and I like create something new mm-hmm. and then um but it's the story that needs it's just like the story wasn't ready or mm-hmm. something you know it sounds like you're really patient with that though like I don't know if that's intentional but uh, yeah because <laughs> I find that like sometimes I like in that process I denigrate myself it's like well, mm-hmm. what the, like what happened to yeah. your intention and like like what kind of person are you where you're just being like swayed this way and that way and now it's like this totally other thing yeah. like I don't know why but it's like yeah. that's my natural yeah, yeah. reaction sometimes yeah um and so, like, actually being here and and painting and seeing how things have shifted and mm-hmm. me, like, observing myself being okay with it has been really amazing. Because mm-hmm. normally it's just, like, I set an intention and I'm, like, really steadfast on it. And, like, that's what brings me pride. <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I'm so, like, my father's daughter is like, when you, when you set a goal, you do yeah. it yeah. and there is no try, you know? Um, and so I'm trying like that's a big part of the process that I'm trying to let go is like to be in flow with that and have patience with myself Um, the patience has definitely come from hindsight Uh, (laughs) like seeing seeing the story that I was working on in what like 2011 I'm working on a story right now which is about um, about grief and I had started writing a similar story back in 2011. Um, and I actually forgot that I wrote all that. Like, during... Like, I'd taken a sabbatical to process a bunch of grief. And I was like, I'm gonna make comics during my sabbatical. <laughs> like, really, uh, I guess, like, ambitiously or idealistically. And I did. I wrote a lot. I made a lot of sketches and thumbnails and wrote a lot. Um, and then it just didn't come together unless life happened. Like, I just put all of that away. And then it's been, like, years later to where, like, oh, okay, I can tell part of that story now. Hmm. I think we, I think, and it's sort of, like, so in hindsight, I can be, like, oh, that was the process. I needed six years, <laughs> seven years, eight years, whatever, to, like, live that life and to have distance from that. Maybe, if, I think, I know, I think part of what I'm, um, understanding now is that during the times when you're processing the emotions you're doing a lot of maybe expression right you're like trying to write through it or like create a lot of stuff but it's all sort of incoherent (laughs) but all of that work you're doing in the moment when you're like dealing with it and processing it is more just for yourself Mm -hmm. yeah to just like get it out right and it's like you need the years of distance from it to be able to tell it to a, another person. Mm. Does that make sense? That totally makes sense. Like for me, I would say it's almost like when I'm in it, it's not about creativity, but it's about output. There's definitely mm. a desire to mm-hmm. output. Yeah. And like for me, it's just a Google Doc filled with like random ass statements and notes and raw emotion that I perhaps like at some point later when I'm. I've digested most of the burger. It's like, oh, okay, now we can form this into something. <laughs> really weird. That's the wrong metaphor. It's time to poop it out. It's time to poop it out. But that's literally... You talk about pooping in your performances a lot. That's true, actually. Like, each of my different performances were different poops. <laughs> no, but it's true, because I, I think it speaks... To, uh, well, it's like the anger piece was literally just like angry like little hard pelts of poop everywhere that I mashed together to create one big poop (laughs) and then like my longing piece was like constipation for like two months and then one perfect poop just came out so (laughs) so it is like this interesting thing where like the the digestion period and what that looks like and like what you're eating during that digestion period Mm. how long it takes to digest and then even when the poop comes out it's like then what do you do with the poop right (laughs) <laughs> there has to be a better <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> There's probably a gardening metaphor. Oh, gotcha. Better, I love it. This is fun. I mean, this is very done. We, we all poop, you know. We all poop. So this, is, this is relatable. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah. everyone has a constipation. <laughs> exactly. And we're just giving people permission to poop. There are. <laughs> Residence. Yes. Residence. Deep residence, I feel. I feel in my gut. No distance here. 
<laughs> what is it for you then? I'm curious. Hmm. Oh, yeah. My own question. I'm like, what the hell did I ask? <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's there's there is a digestion period. There's a distance that I need. For me, it's been my entire life. <laughs> so all 30 years. We're um, so young. Also, I think that we forget that. Too. Yeah, like, it's true. We're so young. It's true. It's true. Some people don't even get to this point. So oh, yeah. I'm grateful to have the ability to access this. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely a, a good chunk of time of processing, of chanting, of talking through it with people um that's why I'm so grateful for our friendship because like truly like it's when I'm like it's one thing to write it and then they're all different modes but there is for me something very um very impactful about just saying it out loud and then having it played back to me and I think a lot of us are like this but if you can find the person that you can be vulnerable enough to to do that with for me it's it's like that's the the last thing that mm-hmm. happens before i can really start a creative process mm-hmm. um so yeah i've been i've been talking about pieces of this of this journey with you know a very small handful of people um and so i've i've done a lot of the healing already actually mm-hmm. um the creative process is like the really nice like cherry on top yeah. for me um and i think more and more as i practice this it'll be more integral for my healing right now because it if this particular like painting um is so nascent in my practice um it feels like the cherry on top but maybe it'll start turning into like the icing or like and then eventually the cake you know where it's like that's like the main show um yeah, so it's developing in the where my creative process comes in. Um and yeah, right now it feels it's like it's just helping me create something that like words can't, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um I actually like when I came here and I started working on this this painting, I was I was trying to write out mm-hmm. what I was trying to go for and I was like well I can't so I'm just gonna go for it <laughs> I just started drawing and whatever um and that was what I needed you know yeah. um so I think it is something for like the intangible for me um like for many people um yeah so that's where it comes in it's very like it's pretty much last on the that journey that makes so much sense cause what you said around like you've already done some of that healing and almost the sharing part is the invitation to others to like go on their own healing journeys, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that that totally makes sense. Yeah, that's how it's been for me. But I also see like in in my friends where it's like it comes first. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they don't know what to do, but they will write or they will paint or they will make music or they will dance or whatever. Um, I feel. I feel too um, too down usually <laughs> to want to do any of that. Um, so it doesn't. It usually doesn't come first for me. Mm. But I do see how it, creativity comes in different points of the journey for different people. So I find that really fascinating. Yeah. Or it's all points. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying, like, it's just like creativity is always available to us. Totally. As a modality to use when like in our in our lives <laughs> and that makes sense that different people use it in different ways and this I don't know sounds really trite but just remember that no I mm. think it's I think it's spot on and I I would be I'm trying to observe myself to mm-hmm. see like where it pops up next mm-hmm. you know maybe it'll be like in the midst of my confusion where I don't even know what I'm processing mm-hmm. but I just need to do something so it has it usually doesn't pop up there but I would I would love to see what that the output what my poop looks like <laughs> I look forward to it too yeah. <laughs> yes what, the, what it looks like in that in that moment yeah but also, oh yeah. go ahead oh I just like the hexagon idea of your process and you just bounce around between the different points so it's like any of the points can be there <laughs> yes yeah I think like not the, linear 
it's not linear and like the parts of my process like there's like the middle part and the middle part is where like creativity lives you know mm. like it can be accessed at any point in the hexagon cool. and also Madrian, my coach um has also emphasized that like gentleness has to be a part of that for me like especially with my steadfast nature <laughs> um uh, gentleness does not come easily for me. Uh, it comes easily for me for others, but not to myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, you need, you really need to inlay that into the pingy part, like the middle part of your process. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you're actually not going to be able to access your creativity if you're not gentle with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay. <laughs> that is my goal. <laughs> I shall be gentle. <laughs> all this conversation has me sort of percolating in the back of my mind where like when you asked um you know what does creativity look like for you in the the darker periods and it just made me realize like in those darker periods i almost like don't know what to do with myself i know there's a desire for output but writing or preparing a performance is not it mm. and it made me realize like oh i want something almost like non-verbal uh. like dance or just music or just something to like get the move that energy without having to like explicitly be like I am angry <laughs> like hashtag trauma <laughs> hashtag trauma everyone see like yeah yeah that's that's the power of creativity that's that is nonverbal because it doesn't have to be explicit you take it as it is yes and people just people form their own ideas from their own yes. like baseline yes. or whatever understanding that they have, yeah. and it's like pure channeling, mm-hmm. yeah, moving the energy, moving, moving it, it. no, yeah, yes. it's out of you. Yes. Yes. That's why, like, writing freehand or dancing or just mm. anything, and it's all just shitty first drafts, and yes. it doesn't like yes. not for anyone's yes. eyes, but except it just, for like, yourself, needs to get yes. out of you. <laughs> That's a revelation for me. Cool. Yay! Yay. <laughs> yeah, because I think we all have sort of movement or like nonverbal practices yes as mm-hmm. a part of our yeah our repertoire of modali- modalities <laughs> going for walks or ranting to a friend yeah yeah mm-hmm. all of that that's where maybe i was like wondering around the risk of using um creative process like, using creativity and art to process trauma mm-hmm. is because maybe i think we in my head maybe there was like um a conception of like art means you create something and you share it and you always have to share it but thinking about like the hexagonal and pinging around and accessing the creativity and like moving the energy without just like output without having to even have witnesses at that point like creativity can look different when you're using it for healing and not um not mistaking that for oh I'm using it for healing I have to share yes. <laughs> everything I make right now which yes. is, can be very like overwhelming and stifling and like you yeah it can be a fr- it can be hard to you can be af- like maybe like you can be afraid to use it for healing and output if you're like feel like you also have to share it but that's yes. like not the right stage where you're like you don't have to share any of that <laughs> like that's yes. just like pure moving energy <laughs> yeah i think you bring up a really good point because it's almost like it makes me wonder if art should always be about for you first and foremost mm-hmm. um and that and, and then to your point it is like a huge mind shift because i've started not working with but just like somehow like have like a lot of expressive arts therapists in my life mm-hmm. and for them like their biggest hump is always like when they first sit down with a client and it's like just make art and people are like but i don't know how to draw or like it's not it's not going to be pretty and it's and it is this like very tightly linked idea with art as something for others to consume versus something for you to channel yourself i just thought that was really interesting yeah Mm -hmm. and that and that that permission or that that reminder that you have the choice to figure out what to do with it after yes like make it first (laughs) like do the process like just make it and then you always have that you can always pause and decide yes what am I going to do with this mm-hmm. am I going to share it how am I going to share it 
Oh my gosh, and this, I, this is probably a total tangent, but it's also like, how do most people consume art? It's in the museum, where it's like fine art that has people, Renaissance, whatever, and um, totally made for others to see, um, but also like is like this epitome of perfection versus yeah. art as for healing or, or art for self, art for processing, art for... Um, soul really right yeah yeah mm. and creativity and creativity like seeing and expression self-expression yeah what is that mindset shift of like i'm i'm going to see art capital a art versus like i'm just witnessing someone else's creative expression <laughs> bing, 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 bing. oh my gosh that's huge <laughs> and that's always been my main um gripe with so much so many museums because mm. also you have to pay for the audio tour right. which tells you about the process mm. which tells you about the intent which i think is the most meaningful part oh, actually yeah. of seeing yeah. art versus like oh here's this like mustachioed dude from like the italian you know <laughs> italian century <laughs> they had a century for themselves they right? had a century that whole century okay <laughs> um and you know it's yeah Interesting. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, I think we were writing the the description for this patches from Outcast for the podcast page, and oh, I'm not gonna remember the remember the words. We. I think it was like uh, something about like it's a conversations from creator community among like artists and writers and stuff. And I changed it to um, we're like regular people who are also creative or something. Mm. I don't know. We can look it up. <laughs> But like, or you can look up on the description of Dispatches, the Dispatches Not Simple Cast page. But um, it's that idea that everyone has is creative, mm. and this like community just nurtures everyone's creativity. And it's not like it's not like we are artists with capital A on this podcast. <laughs> we're just people, and we we're talking about the creativity in our lives. Bring back the museums just for a hot second. Like, uh, when I was at UT Austin, mm-hmm. they have this museum, which is literally... They, they basically buy all of the process work of people. Oh, cool. So, like, Albert Einstein, yeah. like, authors, painters, cool. all of that. It's brilliant. Um, it's the first museum of its kind that I've ever been in. And I, it's the only museum where I also literally spent the whole time there because you actually see into people's processes and that's the stuff that is so resonant and so um not humbling for me but it humbles them (laughs) in my eyes because it it just makes you realize like oh of course a ton of work a ton of iterations and a ton of not luck but you know like the workings of a universe into creating something for for themselves and others and um and it demystifies a lot of this sense that you feel of like uh, uh, authors or artists that have made it and they're on this pedestal mm-hmm, when really mm-hmm. they all just they're all just regular people who are creative. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we can see them. Yes, there's also I wonder too. Like, so those are like apex humans, you know, who are like, <laughs> like, who are like Einstein and these people. But the amazing thing that I've found through like YouTube and social media is kind of similar but that regular people are also making things and they share their process and like you know there are artists like musicians that i really like who like to me it feels really gracious Mm. that they're on instagram live or on youtube Mm. sharing like here's how i made this song and then like pick it apart and like as they're picking it apart you're like oh like everything is just like this feeling or like I just like this chord so I like I just added it you yeah. know like yeah, yeah. there's really sometimes there's no deeper meaning mm-hmm. and there's so much freedom in that too you mm-hmm. know just to see someone be like I just liked it so I added it <laughs> I didn't like this so I took it out like it's like very reductive human. yeah but in yeah in a humanizing yeah. kind of way and things don't have to be a renaissance painting or um, you know an equation that helps us understand the universe like it can just be because you enjoyed it or mm-hmm. didn't, and mm-hmm. so you made it or you didn't. Yeah. And I love I when I found feeds like that and YouTube mm. streams and videos, I was like, oh, this this is very grounding yeah. for me. It's like that's like museums like that are very inspirational, but so can like very yes. everyday creations. You know, absolutely. That yeah. is great. That's giving me... Because I haven't known how to approach social media. Maybe it's like... I just need to just... 
it just can be all process. <laughs> mm. Maybe that's like that's my way back into like sharing. I will follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to watch that. Yeah. Well, and on that note, thank you to the two of you for like sharing your process and just having this conversation because I think that's very illuminating, very humanizing. Thank you for the space, the spacious yeah. space. Spacious space. Yes. yes. Everybody poops. What is that children's book? Yeah, everyone Everybody poops. Our <laughs> <laughs> creativity. Yeah. <laughs> You've been listening to Dispatches from Mountcast, conversations from a creative community, recorded, produced at Mountcast Studios in Corvallis, Oregon. Check out the show notes for music credits and more information about the people and things we talked about. <laughs> I mean, test. <laughs> I was like, that's not how you talk. <laughs>